0: Kia ora, I'm Damien Venuto, it's July 24th and this is The Front Page, a daily podcast presented by the New Zealand Herald. Kiwis often don't like to talk about money, but as our debt burden balloons, it's an uncomfortable conversation we need to have. Both national and private debt have increased at a time when the nation is coming face to face with the spectre of extreme weather events caused by climate change. These will invariably necessitate further investment down the line. On top of this, the average family's largest asset, their house, has declined in value, heaping on further financial pressure. So exactly how bad is the country's balance sheet? And should we be willing to take on even more debt to prepare our infrastructure for climate change? On the front page today, NZ Herald Business Editor-at-Large and host of the Money Talks podcast, Liam Dan, helps us answer these tough money questions. Liam, can you give us an idea of how much debt Aotearoa currently has on its plate?
1: Yeah, well, every year we add up all of the the debt we can find from government debt through all the different private sectors, housing, consumer, business, agriculture, through student loans, local government. This year we are up around 789 billion dollars, which is a rise of about 7% on last year's figure.
0: On a personal level, we've probably all been through that experience of paying off a student loan or a high credit card bill. But how does debt work at a national level? How is it accumulated and where are we actually getting that money from?
1: New Zealanders are big borrowers. We borrow privately to fund our housing market, basically. So the biggest chunk of New Zealand debt is mortgage debt. And of course, there's no secret that the government has borrowed a lot particularly in the last few years, to get through COVID. So it keeps growing. Unfortunately, the problem isn't so much the top-line debt figure for New Zealand. The problem is that we don't have the savings ourselves to fund that debt. So in a country like Japan, where they are also a, a really good saving nation and they have a lot of money and investments and in the bank and in their retirement funds the nation basically funds its own debt. So even though it's got massive government debt, the balance looks a lot better. In New Zealand, we have to go offshore to fund that debt. We have foreign-owned banks, and we go offshore to get government money, and that means we have a current account deficit generally, which is the difference between what goes in and out of the country, and that's currently sitting at around $33 a year deficit or 8.5% of GDP. So that's one of the problems with New Zealand's debt level is that you sort of can keep doing that for a long time, but at some point, if it gets too big, the international ratings agencies and so on will start to look at you a bit funny.
0: Politicians do love to talk about that debt-to-GDP ratio. What is it and how has it changed over the years?
1: Yeah, debt-to-GDP is also something that those foreign ratings agencies and international lenders are looking at, and that's something that keeps New Zealand in the game. You know, we have pretty good GDP per capita. We're actually quite a wealthy nation in in the grand scheme of when you look around the whole world. And so our debt-to-GDP is not terrible. It's sort of like our total output every year. How does it rate? What is our capacity to keep funding and paying the interest on the debt. As long as that ratio stays reasonably in balance, we sort of can keep going borrowing, but it doesn't get any easier and we have to watch that those figures don't blow out. And if GDP was to fall off a cliff for some reason, if something really bad happened to the economy because of an external shock, we would have problems with the debt.
0: We have seen some international examples of countries defaulting on their debt repayments, ghana has suspended payments on most of its external debt effectively defaulting
1: as it struggles to plug its balance of payments deficit the country has been struggling to refinance its debt since downgrades by multiple credit rating agencies
0: How bad do things have to become for that to happen?
1: When you look at New Zealand, it's
0: seen as a fairly safe
1: bet by the international money markets because we sell food. It rains, grass grows, we produce dairy and we sell it. So even though commodity cycles go up and down, we generally are going to have a pretty solid amount of money coming into the country. We're also fairly desirable as a tourist nation and we are seen as a safe, stable place to be so we can sort of pump up immigration and those things. You know, it would have to be something pretty terrible to blow it out for New Zealand in the short term. You know, nobody's panicking about it, but it's just that it makes it harder in the long run. And people worry about future generations and how we get it back into a balance, even rebalance some of the short term government debt we've used to get through the pandemic. Political parties don't like to talk about the obvious solutions to balancing crown debt, which are, you know, taxing more or cutting spending. They like to talk about growing the economy and boosting it and being more productive and hard to see, you know, after many years of hearing that, where the real solutions
0: are coming from. So is that where the problem lies here? Is it the unwillingness of our politicians to really have those tough conversations about tax or maybe cutting expenses that's creating this problem? Yeah,
1: a little bit, although I'm always reluctant to blame the politicians. It's a bit like blaming the media for things. I think we're all in this together. We get the politicians that we vote for, or they sort of end up with these boundaries. They can't step outside. So as a nation, we For example, remain pretty obsessed with property as an investment, which pumps up mortgage debt, pumps up the value of our houses. It gives us sort of a a net wealth. When you actually look at New Zealand's net wealth, we are in in the positive. That's something like 2.2 trillion, which is, you know, around three times that debt level. That looks good, but it's basically just built on asset prices, which is the value of our houses. And, you know, a lot of New Zealanders actually have quite a lot of the mortgage paid down, or older New Zealanders have the mortgages paid right off. So the asset values in New Zealand look good, but they are really just paper money. You can't sort of eat or live off that sort of wealth. If there was a real serious property market crash, something catastrophic, and the values collapsed, we'd have, again, real problems. And that's something that the Reserve Bank keeps a very close eye on with the financial stability reports they're doing. I should probably say that right now, they think that relatively uh, it looks better than usual around mortgage debt, because Basically, borrowing has just responded to what's happened with interest rates. The housing market has come off in the past year, and that's meant the rate of increase around mortgage borrowing is down at around 3 or
0: 4%. We still seem to be going through that phase of blaming a lot of our problems on COVID. So how much of our growing debt can be blamed on COVID?
1: In the short term, quite a big chunk of growth in debt is still you know you, you know you you don't resolve that overnight great that we've moved on from covid i guess hopefully in terms of the pandemic side but you know that was a large amount of money that the government borrowed tens of billions and also some of that stimulus from the central bank just poured into the housing market so the housing market was up 46% from pre-covid to its peak in November 2021 that means that we're still well above where we were when we uh, pre-covid even though the market might have come off 15 or 16%. So that's debt, you know, there's seen a rise a big rise a couple of years ago up to 2021 there was a big rise in in mortgage debt, you know, that was rising at about 11% a year. So it's good that it, the rate of growth is coming off. We've still got a big chunk of mortgage debt, a big chunk of government debt that has to sort of get back into balance. And we have to sort of keep the new borrowing at subdued levels while at least GDP growth catches up. But even that's looking pretty flat right now.
0: More recently, we've also had to fork out money on the cyclone recovery.
1: Piled up are hundreds upon hundreds of logs washed away by flooding caused by record rainfall from forestry plantations and farmland. The badly damaged remainders of what were once precious family homes are chilling reminders of the damage created on February 13 and 14.
0: Has this also contributed to that debt growing?
1: I'd say a little. I mean, it really just slowed the government's ability to get things back into balance, probably. In the grand scheme, when you're talking about $390 billion of debt. I don't think it's too significant. But the thing is that, you know, it's, it's whether we keep having these kind of external shocks and how frequent they are. Things like, you know, so the earthquake was far more significant. It's a few billion for the cyclone and the flooding. But then what happens next year and the year after? So we're going to have to address the costs of these natural disasters if they're going to keep coming more frequently.
0: How concerned should the general public be about that overall debt figure? I think they should be fairly concerned. I think we should all be
1: trying to uh confront it more openly and honest and putting expectations on our politicians to deal with it more openly and honestly. And I don't just mean, oh, you know, government borrowing's bad or whatever. I mean all the debt. There's no getting away from the fact that the biggest chunk is mortgage debt in terms of what New Zealanders owe to the world. So that housing part of the equation is really important too. But We might be able to muddle through for many, many years, but it actually starts to hold us back from getting ahead as a growing nation that's sort of getting wealthier and going up the league tables of the world rather than just sort of sitting and muddling where we've been for many years.
0: The front page is the NZ Herald Daily News Show. For business podcasts, check out the NZ Herald and Business Desk Podcast Networks on iHeartRadio. Focusing on your average Joe or Joanne, what does debt look like for your run-of-the-mill Kiwi, your average person out there? How much have we individually accumulated in recent years?
1: Well, we do a sort of a, a, sort of a media kind of device thing where we divide that big figure by the population and it gets to around $151,000 for every man, woman, child, baby, everyone in this country on a sort of nominal level is in debt, about $150,000 at the moment when you tally it all up. Of course, that's an average figure and it's hypothetical, but it is a reminder of just what an indebted nation we are. Uh, It wouldn't be so bad if we had the savings rates to back it up and we weren't going offshore to fund that every
0: year just given how expensive houses are, $151,000 does not really sound that bad. So can you just put that into some more context for me?
1: Coming back to those stats N Z wealth statistics, mm-hmm. on a net wealth basis, are actually in the positive. So you've got $2.2 trillion of net wealth in the country, according to Stats NZ, And that would be something like three times four, you know, I'm just off the top of my head maths, but you know, that would be saying, oh, Kiwis are all worth 450000 But that wealth is concentrated amongst people who are, first of all, of course, the really wealthy, the rich, but it's also concentrated with older New Zealanders who have their house paid off because that's what they're counting as the wealth, asset wealth. But if you've only got one house and it might be worth one and a half million dollars or two million dollars, but you've got to live somewhere, that wealth is not actually productive. Nothing you can do with it other than live with it and maybe trade down and make a profit, make a capital gain, as we might call it. So that's the worry. It's, it's sort of a hypothetical wealth. You could make the same case for the debt, but at some point it isn't. At some point, someone, you know, we are expected to meet the interest costs and keep paying it back. That's why I see it as a risk
0: for the nation. Looking at those numbers, how worrying is the declining housing market when viewed in the context of that debt burden?
1: I am not worried about this housing market cycle. We're not going to see it fall a lot further. That's the general expectation. I would bet, if I was a betting person, that we will see housing bounce back post-election, particularly just because of the way it will go and there'll be changes to landlord regulations and things if, if, if national gets into power. But either way, I think there'll be a bounce after the election or early next year. And so I'd be more worried about the housing market bouncing back too fast, to be honest, because that will just fuel more debt. The worry is that when you look at all the things that could help shift New Zealand's economic confidence and get things growing again in this country... Uh, it's likely to be property again. It's likely that whoever's in government after October will just be forced or be happy to use property as the trigger that sort of restarts economic confidence because Kiwis feel happier about the economy when their house price is going up.
0: We've spoken before on the front page about whether or not we actually need more debt to pay for the things we need, particularly in view of the threat of climate change and the fact that a lot of our infrastructure is crumbling. I think we also need to have more borrowing for actually investing in our infrastructure because we know there is an infrastructure deficit. We know there are consequences of the infrastructure deficit and the country will not be better. It will not run more efficiently and more equitably. So what's your personal take here? Should we be taking on more debt now to ensure that we are secure for the future?
1: I guess I'm a bit on the conservative side. I think we need to get things back in balance. Unfortunately, one of the issues is, yes, we've borrowed a lot through COVID and the pandemic. There there is an argument that we could have a much higher debt to GDP ratio, that the government could borrow a lot more. But you have to be sure that the money you borrow will deliver greater returns than whatever the interest you're paying is on it. That's one of the sort of fundamental principles of using debt in business and in economics is that, you know, you don't borrow unless you can get some sort of better return off it, unless the borrowing is just to survive or get through. If we're borrowing to get through a pandemic, that's fine. If we're borrowing to rebuild the nation, you have to believe that we'll execute it in a way that I'm I'm not I'm just too cynical to feel that any of our political parties have the capacity to deliver on that level of borrowing. It, it takes. You know, Getting any infrastructure project built and done in this country is just so difficult. You know, So I think we'd need to be cautious. We need to be cautious about how we progress. Personally, I'm probably more in favour of public-private partnerships and that kind of thing. I do think we need more investment in infrastructure. But for the government to take on the whole lot, it would have to be really able to deliver.
0: Liam, looking at the decades ahead, do you think that New Zealand is well-placed? Or will these cracks in our debt structure start to show?
1: Well, New Zealand is well Placed in the world, you know, when you look at what's happening to the environment, we're quite well placed. We have a low population. We have a stable political environment. So we have levers like just getting more people into the country. Immigration has been used as a lever to pump the economy for many, many years, and perhaps our whole history, you could argue. So I don't think we're badly placed when you look at the future of the world. I just worry that we may be drifting and that if we really want to drive the kind of growth that would make us a wealthier, healthier nation that could even, you know, could do all the kind of social welfare and education and health things that the current Labour Party has been wanting to do, we're going to have to address the debt and do that by stimulating the economy to be more productive and that really is the big problem with New Zealand's economy, the lack of productivity gain.
0: Thanks for joining us, Liam. That's it for this episode of The Front Page. You can read more about today's stories and extensive news coverage at nzherald.co.nz. The Front Page is produced by Sean D. Wilson with executive producer Ethan Sills. I'm Damien Venuto. You can follow The Front Page on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts. And tune in tomorrow for another look Behind the Headlines.